Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jacks. Austin Lane. He's a former Jack star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Second down and eight. Fournette. Turns it upfield again and stays on his feet. First down and more. Fournette having a day here in Denver. All the way out to the 35-yard line. A gain of 26. Hey, that's my man Andrew Catalan on the call. Leonard Fournette. Will he ever have another run in a Jacksonville Jaguars uniform? Mm. You asking me right now what I think? What do you think? I think he think should. He this week? I think he should have another run in with the Jaguars uniform. But will he? Um, man, Brent, honestly, to me, this is a coin flip right now. All right? Like, to me, this is a lot of things could happen in the draft. I mean, do the Jaguars package it with some of, uh, like, the later round picks and move up a little bit for something big? I think Leonard Fournette is going to be on the Jaguars after the draft. I'm going to say that right now. You, you are. Think? Yep. What do you got? You know, I do, too. Mm-hmm. Here, here's what I don't. Here's what I don't understand if I'm another team. Now, could you sell me on, uh, let's say, Kansas City? Could you? Does it make sense in Tampa? Leonard Fournette? Yeah. Without a doubt. It does, uh, right? I mean, that's in terms of Fournette wanting to go there or for both parties? Well, I'm saying it doesn't matter if Fournette. Yeah, Fournette would, has no say in yeah, Okay, so forget so, what he thinks. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't. I mean, yeah, no, like, you're right, you're right. You're Fournette, right. it's not like he can't pack his bag and yeah, go take no, a drive no, over to Tampa. No, I got you. Listen, I want to play for Tampa right yeah, now, okay? I, I think we all do. But no, <laughs> so, in terms of Tampa, like, listen, with Barber, I, I've never been a big Barber guy, okay? I, I honestly haven't. And I think their depth is lacking a little bit. I think Leonard Fournette in Tampa Bay, because remember, and I get it, it's Bruce Arians, it's a different offense, but Tom Brady had some pretty good years with a guy by the name of LeGarrette Blount, you know? And I think Fournette, it's actually an upgrade from Blount, so I would maybe pull the trigger on it. So uh, my thought is this. Is a team willing? First of all, the, the $4 million is nothing. Now, Kansas City's way up against the cap, so mm-hmm. they might have to move some things around. Uh, Tampa, I think, is okay in cap space for now, I think. Four million bucks. Again, the contract is really nothing for, for maybe the production you'll get, what he'll add to those kind of teams. Mm-hmm. But I, w- the thinking is, if you're a GM on one of those teams, are you going to give up to get Fournette? He could be productive for you. Maybe you pick up his 50-year option, although that's pretty unlikely, I think. I really do, given his history. I, I just don't know the way it's lang- the language is now in the CBA, mm-hmm. so I doubt that happens. So you're getting a one-year rental, perhaps, and you're giving up draft capital. Is it just better to go get a guy in the draft? For one of those teams, it might be a second-round pick. For one, It could be a third-round pick. I mean, you can find running backs. You know, That's the nature of the position. Okay. So. You've got to think like their GMs are thinking. First of all, do we really need it that much that we need to give up draft capital? And what are you going to give up? Mm-hmm. Uh, will the Jags take it? And secondly, couldn't we just draft a guy and maybe get the same production? Well, and here we are again, Brent. And I point back to my giant head sitting behind me. What does the speech bubble say? Good luck with that. Okay. So if you're Dave Caldwell and you're fighting for your job right now, um, you're trying to win ball games. Brent, do you think trading away Leonard Fournette, does that win you more ball games, or does that lose you more ball games? Because I'm from the standpoint of if you get rid of Leonard Fournette, the way it looks right now in your team is you're going to hand the ball off to a rookie last year who maybe got, I don't know, 15, 20 touches the entire season, who you seem to like a lot, but I haven't seen it on film, so I don't know what to think of the kid. And then maybe a guy that you pick up maybe in the third or fourth round, maybe later in the NFL draft, and your team's going to be relying on that with a second-year quarterback going into it. I point back to my giant head once again, and I'm going to say good luck with that. Yeah, it, you know, but some people would point to your giant head on that that thought bubble. Yep, and they would say good luck with him, with Leonard Fournette. Yeah, mm. you know, I mean, obviously Mark Long did. You know, sure. came on the show a few weeks ago. I I think if if that is some of your thought, and how will he handle not getting the ball twenty times a game? 
Yeah. Whether it's through the receiving game or rushing game. Because we, we believe this, right? We're, we're all on board. The philosophy is changing. You have Jay Gruden as your offensive coordinator. It's about Minshew. Line up in the shotgun more often than not. Mm-hmm. See what he's got. And, and you're not running through 27. You're running through 15. That's what a lot of, I, I think most people believe. I, that's what we're hearing. You know, I think that's what's going to happen. This is a philosophical difference. So if we agree on that, I'm not saying what's the use of Leonard. But can Rock Armstead do that? Can a, a third-round pickup, uh, and, and I'm not going to sit here and say you're definitely going to get Cam Akers, but a fifth-round pickup of, of somebody else help that? Do you need Leonard Fournette? Does Chris Thompson end up coming in here? Mm-hmm. Um, why are these taking so long to get Chris Thompson when we know that it would be a good fit, by the way? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, like I said, I don't know if something's up. I don't know. I mean, obviously, Gruden knows better than anybody. Yeah. So if Gruden's not bringing Chris Thompson in, maybe something's up. So, again, you we said it yesterday. I like a guy on a contract here. I think Leonard's kind of – if Leonard wants to be 2018 edition of Leonard or if Leonard wants to be – if he really is the guy that pe- some people have said, sleeping in meetings and those kind of things, well, this isn't the year to do it because well, he wants to go get paid. And I think – I really think Leonard, which a lot of people are, this isn't a knock against him, is motivated by that that dollar and, and wants to get a big contract. You only have a certain amount of time as a running back. This is a huge year for Leonard Fournette. I don't mind him being on the roster for that reason alone. And and that's the biggest that's, – that's my biggest point here, Brent. We talked about it yesterday a little bit. But this is the biggest year for Leonard Fournette because do you know why – Brent, he's not getting franchise tag next year. He's not getting signed to the fifth-year deal. So regardless of what he does next year, he's not going to be in Jacksonville. This is his addition right now. This is his coming out party to be like, you know what? Whoever's going to take me next and sign me to a long-term deal, I'm worth it. So Leonard Fournette has two choices here. He can either come into the season if he's on the Jaguars and, you know, supposedly, which I've never heard, but people are saying, be a bad teammate, be a distraction. Well, then guess what? But it was a distraction in 18. There's no doubt about it. But But last year, sir, yeah. So if it's gonna do that, come in and everything, and you're gonna be, you know, be a distraction, whatever it's gonna be. Well, then guess what? If I'm Doug Marone, if I'm Dave Cole, I'm gonna go. Well, then you're gonna sit behind Rock Armstead, or you're gonna sit behind if we draft somebody in the NFL draft, and you won't get an opportunity to go out there and get your reps. You won't get an opportunity to go out there and try to state claim of you should be a newly, you know, paid free agent. It's as simple as that. This is Leonard Fournette's biggest year, and if I'm the Jacksonville Jaguars. I want to be a part of it. I want to see how this thing shakes out. I like this TV show, man. Let's watch the season finale and see what goes down because you literally have nothing to lose. You have him on a cheap deal right now. It's on his rookie contract. I don't care where he got drafted. That's got nothing to do with it right now. All I care about is you're going to get the best version of Leonard Fournette going into the season because his paycheck, his future, um, everything depends on it. Yeah, and, and uh, listen, I don't mind that. That philosophy there, you know, that way of thinking. I think that's right. I'll also say this. There's ego involved inside buildings. There's ego involved in draft picks, the scouting community, the GMs, everything about it. And you can sit here and tell me that Tom Coughlin was the guy that picked Leonard Fournette top five. That's fine. It was this scouting staff that allowed that to happen as well. They said Leonard Fournette more so than Christian McCaffrey or Leonard mm-hmm. Fournette over whoever else. They helped. And so it's on Dave Caldwell's watch too. It's on his resume. I believe when you have that. Now, Caldwell, to his credit, he's been okay to admit mistakes at times. He's been reluctant to admit mistakes at other times, a la Blake Bortles. But Fournette, if he was a top five pick, I just feel like sometimes ego will come into it and you say, I'm going to get everything I can out of a guy that I picked top five. You know, he sees the numbers. Caldwell knows 12 picks in 13 years in the top 10. He knows there's seven first round picks, seven top 10 picks, I think, and only Three of them remain or two of them remain, whatever it is. So I think uh, from that standpoint, there could be a little, hey, let's get the most we can out of this guy since we invested so much, so heavily in him. There's another part of this story. And uh, I was going to try to get Maurice Jones-Drew on, but I know he's really busy with the draft. So uh, it might be a bigger topic down the road. When I first got here, Fred Taylor, Maurice Jones-Drew, same Locker room, same backfield, you know, it was dynamic uh, for a little bit. And then Fred was getting a little older, and Fred ends up getting out of Jacksonville, which nobody really ever envisioned, ends up with the New England Patriots for a couple seasons, still had a little left in the tank. And I brought Fred into this conversation, too, because it was right when I first got here, but that was like 12 years ago. And I don't want to say it was like super dramatic, acrimonious, all that stuff. But I don't remember it being sunshine and rainbows when Fred 
was getting out of Jacksonville, too. Again, he thought he had some left. He had already done so much for this organization. And obviously, you got a younger pup and Maurice Jones-Drew, and those guys are obviously really good buddies, uh, coming through. And they were trying. They were basically saying, all right, Fred, it's time to hand the reins over to Maurice Jones-Drew after sharing the backfield a little bit. Then Maurice Jones-Drew, we know what happened toward the end. Shotcon's first year of ownership, get on the train, it's leaving the station, you know, holds out. Uh, which, again, I always defend Maurice there because I think he had one last chance to get paid, and I would have done it too. So I, we could always say, hey, he could have done it differently, but that was his opportunity coming off yeah. that huge year. Still, that was a bit sour. So I remember being a bit sour with Fred on the way out. I remember being a bit – and by the way, I mean, Fred's one of the most celebrated – He arguably the most celebrated, him and Tony Baselli in franchise history. Maurice Jones-Drew. Top five guy here in franchise history, but it didn't end great. Now, Fournette's not going to get that kind of love here. He, he doesn't have that kind of equity, and people are already never loved the Fournette pick because Watson and Mahomes and what they've been able to do. But it doesn't look like it's ending on a good note <laughs> for yeah. Fournette. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, here we are. Uh, is he going to get traded away? What is it with the position? What is it with the running back position here in Jacksonville? Is it just a, a natural thing all over because there's angst with with the, the longevity of careers? There's angst with the value of running backs sometimes, and people are different on that front. Uh, it just doesn't seem like it ends well with running backs, especially here in Jacksonville. And yeah. I don't, again, I don't want to over-dramatize this. This isn't like Yannick Ngakwe situations with Mojo. Uh, it's not Jalen Ramsey with Fred Taylor, uh, and it's not even that far down the road yet with Fournette. Mm-hmm. But it also isn't like, hey, here's a bouquet of flowers, and you're, we love you, great big hug, and see you later, good luck, what's going on next? Listen, the position of running back, it's it's quite the conundrum, let's just say, right? Because you think back to Maurice Jones, Drew, you look back now on Leonard Fournette, and when they were coming up in the game, Brent, when they were playing Pop Warner and through high school, they're obviously fans of football, and they watched the greats, possibly like Marshall Falk, Emmett Smith. You know, like the, these guys were around, and um, you know, even, probably Barry Sanders a little too young for Leonard Fournette, but like they know who these guys are, and they know that when those players were coming up, they were treated like kings. You know, like you had to have this running back. You you, you had to have a legit running back, or you weren't going to be successful. And you get the rock thirty to thirty five times a game. Like you, you're featured in the offense. And then as time went on, it started to gear more towards pass first, run the ball second. And it started to be more geared towards the power of the of the, the quarterback. And it started to be geared more towards, you know what, we don't need an every down back. We can go with a third down back as well. And it kept transpiring and transpiring until we got to the point where the running back position wasn't that high of a commodity. Now I get it. There's outliers, man. There's outliers like Ezekiel Elliott. There's outliers like Saquon Barkley. But look at guys like Melvin Gordon. Look at guys like Todd Gurley. Those guys were the guys for a bit. But then guess what? It didn't work out, did it? Melvin Gordon held out, didn't get what he wanted. New team. Todd Gurley still wants a paycheck from the Los Angeles Rams, supposedly. But that didn't end well. And that's the, that's the landscape of the of the NFL running back these days, Brett. It's the fact that you put your body on the line. You probably take more abuse than anybody on that field, but you don't get compensated for it anymore. Not saying it's running back's fault, but that's just the way the league is. And that can be frustrating to accept for a lot of players out there. And I'll be honest, man. If I was Leonard Fournette, if I was Maurice Jones-Drew and I was, in, I was in that situation, I'd be pretty damn frustrated too. Yeah, it's a frustrating position. I mean, I get it, man. There's a lot of pride back there. And by the way, like you were, I, I thought you were going this way a little bit. When you think about Pop Warner in high school and stuff, you are the freaking man. Mm-hmm. I mean, not only were you the man at some stretches, like from the Emmett Smith, like, heck, go all the way back to the O.J. Simpson days. Uh, Lil Wayne was singing a song about Leonard Fournette when he was in high school. <laughs> yes, he was. Do we got to say anymore? But, but that's the highlight, right? When we go cover games on Friday nights, it's now passing to a degree. But yeah. the highlight is also that unbelievable running back, the ball in his hands, the, the juking and jiving, the 75-yard runs. I mean, that is fun to watch. That mm-hmm. is good stuff. Well, it does change. I mean, it changes gradually a little bit with the college game, but it really changed in the NFL game. And so I get it. It's a tough position from a mental standpoint to, to ever feel like you're truly appreciated. And by the way, especially for the pounding that you take, you know, like, again, Fournette, here's what he's saying. If I'm his agent, like you guys are sitting here ripping Fournette left and right. He, he was seventh in the NFL in rushing. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, he was seven. If if you have a top ten quarterback, if you have a top ten sack guy, mm-hmm. if you have a top ten pass receiver, mm-hmm. they're heralded. They're going well, to Pro Bowls. People love them. Top ten rushing back, running back, seven really top seven yeah. ahead of guys like Dalvin Cook, Sony Michelle, Le'Veon Bell, even Carlos Hyde, but uh, Todd Gurley, Saquon Barkley. Well, and that's my point. And people want to ride Fournette out of town? And that's my point. If you were top 10 a decade ago, everyone's going to have your top trading card. Everyone's going to be all about you because you're running back in the NFL. We grew up on it, Brent. I grew up with Booby Miles and Friday Night Lights. <laughs> I grew up with Becky the Icebox O'Shea playing the running back position for the Little Giants, okay? I grew up with that where the running back position, it was the position, man. But unfortunately now, the way the offense is in the NFL... It's not that coveted anymore, okay? It's just not. Unless you're just a once-in-a-generational talent like a Saquon Barkley, unless you can go in the squat rack right now and squat 600 pounds and then do 25 backflips like Barkley can, there's just teams can find somebody else for you. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying it's how it is. Yeah, and by the way, let me just double-check the numbers on that because I think I had Fournette. No, no, he was seventh in, in rushing. I think I had him on attempts at first, uh, so that, that was my bet. But uh, still ahead of some of those guys, and it, it's just a peculiar position. It's not going to uh, – let's not mix this up. Fournette is never going to be considered amongst the greats like Fred was and is and Maurice Jones-Drew mm-hmm. was and is. He also isn't going to get the longevity here, it looks like, that those guys got. Correct. Uh, and, and longevity is kind of – you know, it's it's marginal anyway at the running back position, but uh, and it's okay. It's just interesting to me. It, it's interesting because it just doesn't ever seem to end well. And a lot of that is because these guys are still like 29, 30 years old sometimes when their career ends. That yeah. is so young. I mean, you got defensive ends. Heck, you got Tom Brady playing until he's 43. You can't do that unless you're Frank Gore uh, yeah. in the NFL. Well, and at the end of the day, I mean, I'm going to make an argument and say, does it really end for any? Like, does it end well for any running back right now in the league? Like, Ezekiel, you can broaden it, yes. Elliott got his contract. Derrick Henry will probably get his contract. So let's see how those play out, man. But I'm just saying, in terms of the pie right now and, and how ownership or GMs want to handle it, a big piece of the pie does not go to the running back position anymore, right? A big piece of the pie is going to cornerbacks. It's obviously going to the QB position, but for whatever reason, not going to the running back spot. So I can't think of a lot of instances where we all sat back and said, you know what, that running back situation and, you know, exhibit A, that worked out great for everybody. It just doesn't happen you anymore. You can make the case the Ezekiel Elliott contract is already hurting the Dallas Cowboys. It hurt them before he even got a year into it. Will the Christian McCaffrey contract of $16 million end up hurting the Carolina Panthers? I would say odds are yes. I think it will at some point. Yeah. Now, listen, mm-hmm. everybody loves McCaffrey, and I think there's good reason to love McCaffrey. But sign me up for the guy that says McCaffrey won't do what he did the first four years in the league. You're, and he just signed to put the expectation that he will. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the nature of the business, I understand. Of course. But with that nature of the business, also the critics start piling on sooner than later at that position because he's got a ton of touches, both in the passing game and the running game. He put up brilliant numbers in his first four years in Carolina. And now you're asking him to live up to that at a price tag of $16 million a year, which could hamper the team on a salary cap situation maybe two years down the line. See, but here's the genius about it, Brent. They're not going to ask him to live up for the first four years. Do you know why? Because those first four years, especially those past two seasons, it was all him. It was all him. Okay, like he was the wide receiver, he was the running back, he might have been the team chaperone, the team chaplain, <laughs> he might have been everything. Like he was a guy that could do it all just because that's what they asked him to do. So he's getting compensated for that. But I guarantee now Matt Rule's coming and, and watching the film on Chris McCaffrey's like, dude, I respect it, man. You got jacked this offseason. You look huge. I respect it. But you know what, man? We don't need you to get 15 receptions a game on top of 20 carries a game. We're just going to implement you in our offense because we're going to bring you weapons. We're not just going to have Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore anymore. We're not going to have a Greg Olson who's 55 years old, you know, who can't stay healthy. No offense to him. He's just an old dude. So we're going to bring you new weapons. We're going to bring you a new quarterback, and it's going to be different. So I think with, with Christian McCaffrey, and I get it. Injuries happen all the time. Brent, knock on wood for him. We'll see what happens down the road. But I think going forward, the Carolina Panthers actually are going to lighten the workload a little bit just because they're going to give them other choices as well. It is absolutely bananas to me, by the way, that in the NFL, and I understand it's kind of been the trend, but only one guy averaged 100 yards or more. I mean, it was Derrick yeah. Henry, and that was it. True. Uh, and he did it in 15 games, so he had 1,540 yards. It just uh, It's pretty wild that that uh, just one guy did that. I'd love to – I haven't looked it up, but interesting maybe – 
12 years ago, how many guys were over 100? Maybe not many. Mm-hmm. It just feels like more were. All right, so that spins it forward. Let's take a look at a couple of running backs. We've talked about the third down back, the scat back type. Yep. Can you find the change of pace, whether it's Armstead or Fournette or whoever that is running the rock for the Jags? Can you find somebody that's prolific in the passing game? Gives you a little shiftiness, maybe some big play potential. Uh, you bring up Chris Thompson. He knows mm-hmm. Jay Gruden from the Washington days. These guys are not that. But knowing what we know about Fournette, would the Jaguars be interested in making a run at one of these players? Now, you'd have to get DeAndre Swift pretty early. You'd have to invest pretty high. I'm not sure with all the Jags' needs they're willing to do it, but take a listen on what they might get if they pick the young man out of Georgia. Mel Kuyper Jr.'s Player Profile. We look at DeAndre Swift. He picked up the first down 57% of the time with third down rushes this past year. It was the best in his career. Think about the ability to stone that linebacker in pass rush situations. So as a pass blocker, he has been very effective. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's a very effective runner. From So from a completeness standpoint, running the ball, catching the ball, blocking, ball security, that's why DeAndre Swift, I thought, was the number one running back throughout the entire year and throughout the draft process. So that's Mel Kuyper on DeAndre Swift. Now, again, what you have to think about, if I ask you Swift or an Acres, is where you might have to pick him. Yeah. Because Swift could be a tail end of the first round. What you're hoping is he, sh- he, he slips. Ooh, be careful. Careful now. Careful. Get that drop button. Ready. Careful now. Woo! He slips <laughs> yeah. to number 42. Yeah. Oof. Or the Jags have been movers on day two early where they have jumped just a couple of spots whether it's for cam robinson miles jack uh did they do it last year for Juwan taylor i think they might have mm-hmm. maybe leaped a spot or two mm-hmm. they've done that before if swift were on the board still at like number 38 or 39 would the jaguars jump up you like his game i love his game yeah i mean in terms of swift like listen obviously i'm a little biased because i'm a wisconsin guy I like jonathan taylor a lot but Swift is definitely intriguing, man. I think he's the best running back in this draft. Um, you talk about a guy who, you know, he plays with bad intentions, right? Like, he's, he's kind of a throwback, he reminds me of. He lowers his shoulder, he delivers punishment, runs a four four eight. I like that a lot. Um, the question is, will he be there in the second round, right? Because I just mentioned Josh Jacobs from last year. Josh Jacobs came into Oakland and was a difference maker, okay? Now they're excited where they're at going forward. I think Swift can kind of be that same type of person. So does a team take a chance on him in the first round? I could very well see that. But if Jacksonville's got a chance in the second to trade up for him, why not, man? Because at the end of the day, once again, if you draft a guy like Swift or Jonathan Taylor or whoever, you know, one of those high-round picks – you don't have to come in right away and have him start. You know, I mean, have him play. You know, thirty reps of a, a pop. You can sit him behind Leonard Fournette a little bit, get acclimated to the league, and then build their confidence up. Like I still picture Leonard Fournette being here, and then them handing the torch off to whoever it is, whether it's Jonathan Taylor, Swift, um, you Acres, know, yeah, Acres, whoever it's going to be next year. Then. See, I don't think that's going to happen. I think the only way they would make an investment like this early in the second round is if Leonard Fournette gets traded. Hmm. So, let me give you this scenario. Okay. Fournette gets traded away. Goes to the Bucks. Why not? Everybody's going to the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Jaguars get another, like, fourth-round pick, whatever. Uh, what is that, like, 25 from this draft? Yeah, then? they've got a lot. Yeah. Uh, heck, they might use one on me. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you take – I'm going to give you – I'm, I'm going to even – I'm going to sweeten the pot. I'm going to say Derek Brown me. slipped to number nine, and you got Derek Brown. Mm, okay. I'm going to say you got your guy, Fulton, instead of my guy, Diggs, yep. at, at oh, corner. Oh, let's go ahead and call him the guy, not my guy. He's the guy. Okay, anyways, <laughs> okay. please continue. So, uh, Derek Brown, mm-hmm. need, defensive line. Big need. Corner, Fulton, need. Check. Okay, but in round two, what my thi- I'm thinking here okay. going in is I need a weapon for Minshew. I got Higgins on the board. I got another receiver that you like on the board. Pittman, USC. Or Pittman, or I go up and get DeAndre Swift. Mm. What are you doing? Oof, that's a good question. Again, oh, Fournette's man. not here. He's not here. In this scenario. Fournette's yeah. been traded away. Well, then, once again. This is not breaking news, by the way. This is a yeah. Uh, scenario. Yeah, yeah. Um, do I like T. Higgins? You better believe it, man. 
I, I had a whole day dedicated to Higgins. <laughs> do, do, I, do I like Michael Pittman? You better believe it, man. I actually call that Michael Pittman might have the most touchdowns this year and the entire rookie receiving class, and I stand by that endorsement, Austin Lane for office. But would I take them over a swift or over a high, like a high-valued running back? I can't do it. Because at the end of the day, I'm going to bring up my point that I brought up since we started this draft talk. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars have a top 10 wide receiving core. Okay, And when you look at the draft and what you do and, and how you go about your business, if you have a top 10 you know, position group in any position, whether it's offensive tackle, whether it's running back, whether it's quarterback, whether it's tight end, you usually don't address that in the first two rounds. Okay, So with that being said, to help Gardner Minshew, I get it. A wide receiver would be nice, but if Fournette is gone, you have to address that need. You have to fill the hole, and I think, you know, obviously Swift being the number one guy, he does that. All right, uh, Scott, let's bring in our next running back because Swift got picked at, like, number 23, and we missed him. So instead, we could go get Cam Akers oh, in round three. I thought we were getting Jonathan Taylor. Florida okay. State. Never mind. Mel Kiper Jr.'s player profile. Here's a guy, when he came out of high school, number one running back Cam Akers was in the entire country. 5'10 and a quarter, 217 pounds, under 4'5 speed, and you see the ability. A five-star recruit, 1,000 yards in 2017 with a 5.3-yard average, broke Dalvin Cook's freshman rushing record. Then the production started to drop a bit because the offensive line, the quarterback play, the talent around him was below average, wasn't up to the level necessary. But Cam Akers, give him some help. He can get the job done. He proved that when he first got to Florida State. If you add the supporting cast, Cam Akers can be a really solid all-purpose back. All right, see, now here you go. You guys are mock draft crazy with Cam Akers. Because mm. in every mock draft, just like you had Javon Kinlaw slipping to 20, which ain't happening, uh, if you had you had Akers slipping to 73, which I don't think is happening. I don't think it's happening. Every 73 mock draft... Pick number 73 in the third round has Cam Akers. Yeah. I appreciate your value. Yeah. I love that you can get him there. Yeah, It ain't happening. If you yeah. want Cam Akers, you're most likely going to have to slide up in that third round a little bit, utilize one of those fourth-round picks, not on Brent but on somebody else, and maybe trading, and, uh, and, and sliding into that Akers spot. So, scenario again. And this could be with or without Fournette. But for the sake of the similar argument, mm-hmm. I'll go with Fournette's traded away. Brown, Fulton, you went wide receiver instead mm. in okay. round two. You went, I, I don't know who, uh, name your guy, Higgins? You want Higgins? Yeah, let's go, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll take Higgins. Or, or do you want Pittman? You think he's going to have the most touchdowns? I'd rather go with him. Okay. All right, so yeah. Pittman. Well, the argument for Pittman is he's probably going to go to a place that's actually decent already, so they're going to have a good quarterback situation, a good offense. That's why I think he's going to go to a good offense and be the difference maker. Uh, but he comes to Jacksonville, most touchdowns as a rookie, eh, but I'll, I'll take him. By I'll the take way, him. Gardner Mitchell has a shot at you. He said good quarterback and stuff. I was, you just took a shot at Mitchell. I, I'm uh, talking about, okay, whatever. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Um, but, I mean, I like to create controversy <laughs> Of course here. you do, man. Uh, it's a radio show. Yes, so, it is. Anyway, you picked receiver. Name yeah. your whatever receiver you want. I got you. I got you. So now, you, again, now you've got Rock Armstead. Yep. You've got Exigbo, I think is how it's said. Yep. And you kind of light it running back. Mm-hmm. Will you trade up? Say you have to trade up to number 60. Again, I don't think you're getting him at 73. How much do you like Cam Akers' game, or do you sit and wait a little bit more because there's some more running backs, you know, the scat back type, yeah. uh, the whatever. You could throw any name out there. You know, who's the guy that you uh, – the TCU kid, Darian Anderson. Darius Anderson. Anderson. Oh, yeah. You know, name your guy. Whatever. Darius Anderson guy. Or are you going and investing in a Cam Akers? I, sure. I'm a big fan of Cam Akers. Yeah, you are. Uh, but would you do that? Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, I'm not sure who's paying Brent Martin not to talk about Jonathan Taylor, but that's fine. Okay. Here's I, the deal I on understand. Taylor. Yeah, okay. Give, give, me, give it to you. me, man. Yep. I think Taylor's less dynamic. Okay. I, and, as in, I, I think he's less dynamic than these guys to be. He could all purpose, right? You just heard Mel mm. say all purpose. I okay. feel like Cam Akers can do a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's more explosive home run threat. I okay. feel that with Swift as well. Why don't I feel that as much with Taylor? I feel like he's more. I don't mm. want to say plotter. That that's too much of it. But I feel like he is more get me going, get me going, get me going, kind of Fournette esque, right? Where then you break him, and, and to a degree, all running backs are like that. Okay. And I also have this concern about Taylor. And tell me if it's a fair one. Mm-hmm. A lot of carries, man. Okay, a lot of carries. Number one, number two has trouble fumbling the ball. 
So I'll give you those two. But but a lot of carries. A lot yeah, of carries. I mean, fumbles certainly sure. hurt, too. That's sure. one thing about nobody talks about Fournette. Fournette doesn't fumble the football. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, No, I, I agree with you there. Um, In terms of, you know, the, the game-breaking speed, uh, Jonathan Taylor ran the fastest 40-yard dash <coughs> at the NFL combine. But it is what it is, man. Hey, hey, we're not talking about Jonathan Taylor right now and how fast he is. <coughs> fastest 40-yard dash at the combine. 4-3, <coughs> out of control, ran out of his shoes. Not a big deal, though. Let's talk about Cam Makers. Not going to talk about Jonathan Taylor. Get the drink out of bubbler, not a water. I'm not gonna talk about Jonathan Taylor and his receiving numbers. How about Clyde Edwards Yeah, I'm not gonna talk about that at all. I'm not gonna talk about how Jonathan Taylor is a big yoga guy, great flexibility, big time durability. Let's not talk you about are such that. A homer. Let's talk about Cam Akers, Brent, okay? And listen, I'm be honest with you, man. Cam Akers to me is like the Brent Martineau of college football prospects, right? Where oh boy, he, he he was surrounded sometimes with guys that didn't really do their job, guys that are kind of lazy, and guys that didn't buy him in the program. Right? Wow, you and, hit our most senior member he, of our action well, sports Jacks team right on the nail. And, and, and he, he had to put the team on his back. You know, I think if Cam Makers was in a better situation at Florida State, I think if they used him how they should have used him, yeah, he would be a first round pick. There's not a doubt in my mind because you've seen it, Brett. Like you, you've seen the home run plays from Cam Akers, and when the guy gets the ball in space, he's special. And yeah. keep in mind, Delvin Cook as well broke all his records. Delvin Cook, how's he doing now in the NFL? I get it, yeah, a little bit of injury, but how's he doing now? Yeah, pretty, pretty good. So with that being said, I like Cam Akers. I'm all about Cam Akers. No, and train. listen, and Jonathan Taylor, shade aside, I like Cam Akers a lot. And if the Jacksonville Jaguars, I think, had a chance to get him, and keep in mind, I'm not a Florida State homer. I think Cam Akers could be a special guy in Jacksonville. Yeah, seriously, I, I, Jonathan Taylor, uh, Edwards Alaire, LSU. I mean, do you, how much do you like those guys in this fit? Again, the reason I gave you Acres, one, everybody knows Acres, uh, and everybody knows Swift. Yeah. But it also brings up late first round, early second round when you're talking Swift. At least that's what people are projecting. And I think it does bring up third round kind of territory for Acres. Mm-hmm. So I think Alaire is a little bit. Edwards Alaire is in that right behind Swift. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, I think, is kind of drifting in between all of them, depending on where you look. But I, I, my point in this exercise was to give you some separation. Like, is it running back become, okay, we really need that, and mm-hmm. we go get early in the second, and we might even trade up for it? Or can we sit back and wait around the third round, pick number 73, uh, to maybe get our guy? Listen, I'll say this about Jonathan Taylor real quick. I mean, honestly, do I think Cam Akers could probably be a better fit from Jonathan Taylor? Maybe, because... I agree with you here, and I don't like agreeing with you a lot, but I think in terms of the home run ball, I think you are right. I think Cam Akers, for, he has like that just, oh, here it goes, you know, kind of like that Saquon Barkley type of trait. Jonathan Taylor is super dependable. You know, he, he's a guy who's decent in the receiving game, had five re- receiving touchdowns last year, worked in that part of his game a lot, so he's an every down back. I can make an argument and say, you know, the last couple running backs to come out of Wisconsin haven't been bad. Obviously, Melvin Gordon has had a pretty successful career so far. James White should have been the Super Bowl MVP of the New England Patriots a couple years ago. So there is a pedigree there from Wisconsin, but does he fit what Jacksonville's trying to do or going forward does he fit what he's trying to do? I'm not sure because I'm so convinced, Brent, these days where you don't need the every down back. You, you need a guy that you can pound the rock with one or twice, you know, on first and second down, and then bring in, you know, that, that scat back, that guy in the backfield that can is really dynamic. So do I think Jonathan Taylor is the fit here? Probably not. But if the Jaguars get him, I'm still going to be excited. Educate me on this, and then we've got to head to break. Yeah. Uh, I think the Jags going to play more shotgun. Mm-hmm. You? Correct. With Mitchu, right? Well, and Gruden. And Gruden. Yeah. Fournette out of the shotgun. Mm -hmm. I've heard there might be some red flags there. Do you think that's the case? And when you look at these running backs, does somebody fit there better? Yeah. I mean, does that matter to you? Is that over kind of analysis? Well, it is and it's not. So, for instance, Jonathan Taylor... It's a lot more pro style offense yeah. in Wisconsin. Right? Out of the eye. Go, that, that yeah. Kind of. Because they have this thing called the fullback in Wisconsin. Yeah. It's crazy what they're doing in Wisconsin, dude. That this guy's in charge of blocking. It's insane <laughs> what they're doing over there. Teams gotta get with the program. A thing called the fullback, check it and out. And you can't if you weigh less than three thirty, you can't play yeah, offensive line. Exactly. So. And if you didn't grow up on a farm and Dale Hay, you're not gonna be in Wisconsin Badger. Hate to but tell people. you. So <laughs> so in terms of Jonathan Taylor, a shotgun probably not the best fit for him, right? Um you Acres, know, Swift. Acres, yeah. Swift played out of that. Swift did play out of that. They and, get a little mix. And listen, I guess 
if you want to call it a red, a red flag with Leonard Fournette, I'm going to sit here and say, well, guess what? He led the team in receptions last year. So how much of a liability is he really in the shotgun? He's still a good receiver. But usually a receiver out of the shotgun, that's when you're running those wheel routes, right? That, that's when you're running those, uh, those halfback option routes. And when you run those routes, it helps to be quick twitch. It helps to be dynamic. And it helps to be just that acceleration, you know, kind of guy. Not to say Leonard Fournette. I mean, Leonard Fournette's got speed, you know, but as far as the route running, as far as the quick twitch, I mean, I think he's more of a, of a strider and a guy to get going than he is just cut, 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 and you're wide open. You know, like he's the, in the power back category. Exactly, right? exactly. That's what makes like guys like James White from New England so good. That's what made like Danny Woodhead back in the day so good. Like there's there uh, Austin Eckler from uh, the Chargers. That's what makes him so good is the fact that yeah, maybe not the most explosive guys, maybe not the guys that can lower the shoulder and deliver the thump, if you will. But they're the guys that they know how to run routes. So with that being said, you want a guy with big-time agility. You, you want a guy that's dynamic because I guarantee when defensive coordinators are watching that, they're like, well, I want to put a linebacker in a man, but I don't know. Like, we bring a safety down now? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a chess match. It's a matchup game, yeah. Exactly, because now defensive coordinators are taking note. No offense to Leonard Fournette, but if, if you're Leonard Fournette, you probably got a linebacker on you, right? Because teams aren't going to be worried about your route running, running those long wheel routes. They're just not. So that's why being dynamic, being super fast, pitch and explosive is important out of the shotgun. All right. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if that factors in, you know, what they're doing, the philosophical changes and who they get. Who do they think fits better in that mold, whether it is an Acres or a Swift or if those guys are, are on the board when they pick. A running back conversation could be fascinating. Yeah. depending on what the Jags do. I think it slides all the way deep down to the middle rounds, late fourth, early fifth, if Fournette's on the roster. If you feel like you're moving him, it could slide all the way up early second round. I think it really could go there uh, to help Leonard Fournette out. And it's debatable how much do you think a running back would help uh, Minshew. Did I say help Fournette out? Mm-hmm. Meant that help Minshew out. Uh, or receiver, you know, early in the draft. Which one would help more? Got a question that I want you to merit it on for the break here. Who's going to get traded first, Leonard Fournette or Yannick Ngakwe? Ooh. We'll answer that question. Plus a little shock your mock. You ready? I, I will be, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, you know I'm ready Here for this, Brent. Here we go. Shock your mock time on NFL Draft Eve on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jack. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anajar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. All right, it's a new segment here on the show. It's called Shock Your Mock. By the way, you know, we keep giving suggestions to BreakingT.com. I think we should just ask if we could uh, get a shirt made for us. I mean, at this point... We've given about a million dollars worth of ideas. We really have. Okay, so what more do you want from us? Yeah. What did you say? If, uh, whoever drafts Lamb? Uh, uh, s- s- um, lamb Slam, thank you, ma'am. Lamb Slam, thank you, ma'am. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, Matt Sturman came up with a good one what yesterday on Twitter, and somebody yeah. else, by the way, <clears throat> stole this earlier today from what I've been told. Uh-oh. But the... Uh, Sturman said in a tweet, if they could acquire Antonio Brown and draft I Lamb, yeah, yeah. they would have A, B, <laughs> C, C, and D, D. I like that. That's pretty good. That's, that, that's legit. Can you imagine like, the game day signs of that? Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, first man. of all, it's not happening. Yeah. I, I don't know if they're going to get Lamb. Yeah. And as sure as heck ain't getting Antonio yeah, Brown. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, if they get Lamb, Lamb, Bam, thank you, ma'am, ESPN 690, uh, like a, a co- collaborative addition. You got to be really careful to... Tell these people, you know, out loud. They'll steal your ideas I mean, and make millions. They're not going to Mark Zuckerberg us, okay? Not, it's not going to happen then, all right? I'll 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 bring my lawyers, and I'll be the Winklevoss twins. We'll take care of business. Okay, uh, we're going to shock your mock time. Yeah. I feel like I'm on a Disney World ride again. Yeah. Uh, you asked me a question. I'll answer it quickly. I think yeah. there's a better chance of Fournette getting traded than Yannick this weekend. Fournette getting traded over Yannick. How about that? And I'm going. I'm going Yannick over Fournette. So there we go. Okay. All right. Well, here we go. It's that time that you know. It's it's shock your mocking, and I'll be honest with you, Brent. I'm coming in here hopeful. I'm coming in here with a new attitude, and I hope somebody can actually knock my socks off. Because mm. I actually wore socks today. I don't ever wear socks with these shoes. I am wearing socks today, and I'm gonna say right now. I haven't really checked over these mock drafts today. 
if I see Grant Delpit on anybody's mock trap, I'm shutting, I'm shutting the whole show down, okay? And we're going home. I don't care. We're going to leave an hour early. That was a dangerous spot right here because Scott's getting everything ready for the video feeds. Yeah. And if you just swore, he couldn't get back to the drop I button in time. I, I was just, Brent, I'm that passionate. I'm that <laughs> frustrated. Okay, so here we go. Numero uno. Coming from our friend Steve Boston off Twitter. Steve actually calls in the show regularly and uh, put a personal direct message. <laughs> went went to the hotline and tried to get his mock absolutely roasted, absolutely shocked. So let's check it out here. I think we got it up on the screen right now. Bro. I think uh, Scott's making it happen. All right. So Steve's out today, by the way. He's hosting like some trivia game or something. Yeah, yeah. But we get blessed with Scott and we haven't seen him in a while. All right. So we're, we yeah, love that. Absolutely. Oh, that's your heart. Coming, man. Way, I'm going to say about this, go, Scott. Welcome to Thunderdome, man. It gets pretty intense for Shock Your Mock. So, number nine, we got Javon Kinlaw. Ah, Steve, off to a fantastic start. You know how I feel about him? listening to the show. Someone's been really listening to the show because at number 20, who are we taking, Brent? T. Higgins. Yeah. Now, a little bit of a reach. That's reaching. A little bit of a reach when you get Michael Pittman in the second round, but, you know, not too shabby. But now the wheels start falling off a little bit for me personally. Josh Jones at number 42. Probably not going to be there in the first spot. But number two, you know how I feel about Josh Jones. Yeah. A guy that's got to work on his footwork. But you don't like him at 20. 42 is a little better. 42 is better. But once again, Brent, I want my second rounders to play yeah. day one. Yeah, and that's fair. I, I can't sit here and say, can Josh Jones play day one? I think Cam Robinson could beat him out. So with that being said, I do not like that thing at all. Uh, Alex Smith, I like him going 116, actually. Uh, I'm sorry, Alex Smith. 73. He, yeah, he goes 73. Someone's been reading my mock draft because I actually have Highsmith going 116, the next pick the Jaguars have. Ooh. Unfortunately, I think Highsmith's a little too high at 73. Small school guy out of Charlotte. Um, his intangibles jump off the page. Got a great first step. Could be a, another one of those Yon-type players. But I think right now at 73, a little too high. And then the second biggest need, Steve, that we need arguably on this team, if not the first biggest need, is what, Brent? Cornerback. Cornerback. Wait until they pick number 116. 116, Legereus Sneed. Fun fact about him, actually played a lot of split safety as opposed to playing corner. Can't come in and compete with Trey Herndon. Right. So, unfortunately, hey, Steve, I hate to do this, man, because we talk to this guy every single day. So, I'm going to be respectful. I'm going to be calm. Steven, Boston, your mock draft is... It's just not good. It's like the Yankees. It sucks. Okay? It sucks. Sorry, but it sucks. Okay, don't don't take Highsmith seventy three. Take him later. It sucks. Take a corner. Pour it on him, baby. We're just getting started. Batting lead off, and he's getting shelled. Who, who, who's that guy from uh, the Yankees that was lead off? That I said was going to be the the lead off player of the year. <laughs> <laughs> who was that guy? You remember his name? Austin's? I, whatever his name is. That's, uh, who was it, man? That's who he is right now. <laughs> lead off player of the year. That, that's who he is. <laughs> it's right. funny that you made up lead off player of the year. Yeah. So, number two. <laughs> we'll wait till Scott gets it. By the way, man, this music still. Oh. Brett, if I start crying, man, don't judge me. But when, when well, You're going to start crying when you see this one. When he goes At down. TC Patrick Wright. All right, so first of all. <clears throat> So first of all, <laughs> so for, excuse me, I'm not coughing because I have something. I'm just coughing because I'm trying to express my anger, but it's hard to put it into words. Please cough into your sleeve. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> so with that being said, T.C. Patrick at T.C. Patrick writes, um, it looks like he's like a professional guy. I, I don't know. Is he like a draft writer? He, he looks legit here in his Abbey. I don't photo. know, but I love the swagger of all these folks. Like the last one was I like mine. This one says you're welcome. Hashtag crystal ball. Yeah, I mean, I'm not mad at this, but here we go. So he goes, you're welcome, Crystal Ball. Hashtag. So I guess this guy is like a, a wizard where he can see the future. And he's thanking us. He's thanking us because he did a good job, supposedly. Well, let's check it out then, shall we? Number nine, once again, wham, bam, CD lamb. Print those t-shirts right now <laughs> and give me my money. You know how I feel about it, Brent? It's a wide receiver, not a big need in my eyes and, and with J the Jacksonville Jaguars, but it helps Gardner Minshew out. So I'm going to give it to you. Go go ahead and read number 20, Brent. Number 20. What did I say? Out of LSU. And I just saw this Not right Christian now. Fulton. I just saw this right Safety now. Safety Grant Delpit. All right. So mock draft number three coming up. <laughs> yes. No, no, seriously. I, I, I'm done. I, I'm, I'm absolutely done with, the, with well, this let guy. let me help you out because he doesn't pick cornerback until 137. And then he takes Lloyd Cushenberry. 
at pick 42, interior offensive, offensive lineman. Line. Listen, he just wanted to get roasted. I think so. And hey, Mr. T.C. Patrick at T.C. Patrick writes on Twitter. Spend a little less time cartooning yourself in your Twitter, Abby, and spend a little more time learning the game of football because this mock draft is beyond sucky. It is the worst mock draft that I've ever seen. Get Grant Delpit out of my face. Number three, Coach Barnes. Did you know this guy? Twenty-three. You're welcome, Jags. Easy job. Just let the board fall to you. Let the board fall to you. Hey, Brent. Just it's like the Ron Coven. Just set it and forget it. Possibly. Oh, no. Jags are auto drafting tomorrow. So, okay. So I mean, first of all, is Coach Barnes is he he's a good guy though? Uh, yeah, I think so. Is Coach he, Barnes is a good guy. Is he coach football or baseball? Obviously baseball. He's got football in his uh, ABI. I don't know Coach Barnes that well. I just know oh, okay. him from the Twitter well, world. I don't want to grill him too hard if he's one of your boys. doesn't matter. Oh, though, I, don't here care. We go. I wish I did know him. Then we'd really grill him. Here we go. Once again, not sure if there's something going around where if you put C.D. Lamb's name in a, in a, a mock draft, you get something free. But once again, <laughs> number nine, wham, bam, C.D. Lamb coming number nine. You know how I feel. Just can we get a recording of me? Just hit the button and say, you know how I feel about him. You know, wide receiver, not a big position, but it helps Gardner Minshew. I'm not mad at it. Okay, people are going to like the wide receiver pick. Exactly. Number number 20. Oh, Brent, you, you know I like that. But number 20, it begs the question. But Javon Kinlaw coming at number 20. I mean, for we love it. Yeah, we love sure, it. Sure, if it happens. Here's where I get torn, Brent. I'm giving somebody $100 if it happens. Here's Okay, I like that. Here's where it gets torn. I'm a Wisconsin guy, Brent. We had a Wisconsin cat on today. Zach Bond. Zach Bond, a friend of the show. We interviewed him at the Senior Bowl. Great interview. Um, failed some kind of drug test, but it wasn't even a he failed it. He, he drank way too much water. Yeah. Which, spoiler alert, probably means he's a little undersized. Wanted to add a little more water weight to try to bulk yeah. up those numbers a little bit. So what does that tell me? It tells me that he's built for an outside linebacker position or maybe a weak side linebacker position and not a defensive end. So with that pick, I'm sorry that pick fell to you at 42, but that's not a pick that the Jacksonville Jaguars need. Maybe if you're drafting for, I don't know, a different team, this would work out, but it does not work for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't like that at all. So with that being said, oh, oh, oh by the way, oh. coach, cornerbacks, by the way, coach, the biggest, I, I saw it right now, Brent, I'm, I'm, off, I'm off the dome right now. The biggest position possibly that the Jaguars need is what, Brent? It is the most gaping hole on the roster. Yeah. Javar's uh, cornerback uh, for the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. They need somebody in the first few rounds. You try to fill the biggest hole with literally three grains of salt in Javaris Davis, cornerback at pick 189. Well, be nice now, local guy. Can really burn. Oh, for real? Yeah. Can really fly. Well, then don't tell me that. Well, I'm just saying. Okay. I, I mean, it, it just be nice. Okay. A little nice to him. It, okay. I mean, you don't have to be nice oh, to no. Coach Bars, oh, no, but no, be no, nice no. to yeah. Javaris Davis. Oh, Javaris Davis. He can well, flat out run. Hey, we, us at ESPN 690, we're behind you. But uh, Coach Barnes, we're not behind you. Maybe you should stick to coaching baseball and not football because, man, you did not let the draft fall to you. You let the draft fall to the wayside. Your mock draft sucks. We love you. Best of luck to you. Yes, sir. Uh, here is mock draft number four. Randy Dean at all Madden 11. I'm sweating right now. All right. And here's what he says. Fix yep. the defense early. Work the offense in the middle. I made some trades because of our capital. I also think our wide receiver room is good. Why well, I waited until later to pick one. He agrees with you there. So, see, this is the thing, Brett. On first looks right now. You like this. I like what I'm seeing. So I pick You're number nine. You're having a hard time. Oh, don't worry. I'll find something. So I pick number nine. We got Javon Kinlaw. Obviously, you know how I feel about it, Brent. This guy's been listening to the show. I like your work, so, sir. All man 11, Randy Dean off to a great start. Pick number 20. Kalevion Chason? Chason? Kalevon Chason. Kalevon Chason. It's a Fun mouthful. Name to say. It's a great name to say. It's going to be one to work Speaking on. Speaking about the all-name team coming well, up next. Exactly. And you know how I feel about him. I like the pick at number 20. Let's keep on going. Brent, who's number 42? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the corner from Auburn. Yeah. And uh, we're going to have to get a, a, a pronunciator here. Yep. 
uh, because uh, I haven't heard I his name good. enough to know. Yeah, I know he's good. Noah, but... I, I've, I, I've seen the tape. I've done the studying, yeah. but I haven't practiced his name. Yeah, okay. 62, Cam Akers. Ooh, you fill a need right there. Leonard Fournette's going to be gone. He right. traded up to get six, yeah. go 62. I like that. We were just talking about that scenario. And then, how, okay. I, I, I found something wrong. How, how do you pronounce number one? How do you, how do you pronounce this guy's name? 102. Natane Muti? Is that how you pronounce it? I don't know. Randy! Okay. We're not, this okay, this mock draft on paper looks fine, but this mock draft for me absolutely sucks. So I'm not going to be pronouncing all these names. Okay? I'm not going to be pronouncing all these guys' names. This is way too much work for me. Um, not the worst draft I've ever seen, but to me, the worst draft I've ever seen to pronounce unequivocally. It's a yes. So, Randy, with that being said, your mock draft sucks. Yes. I'm not pronouncing By all those way, names, man. Randy could be the clubhouse leader today and maybe all week for the uh, oh, PSN 690 gear. Seriously, that was a tough one to rip apart. I was blacking out. I had to get off that page. I was blacking out over there. Oh, man. I don't know if I'm dehydrated hey, or You what? need a break. Let's take a break. Can we take a break, please? Can I take a break before we do this? Okay, but you try to read those names. I just got knocked out with that name. Okay, we're back. Shoe season. <laughs> Raining games. What, what number is this right here? This is number six. Okay. Oh wait, uh, number five. Sorry, number five. My bad. I'm still on. I'm still on coaching. I, I got mean, You really got work there. Well, it's okay. We're on number five or number six. Sorry. We're on number five. Okay. Go it begins it. with Jerry Judy at number nine. All right. There Cue we go. The, Austin soundtrack. Two season raining games. By the way, a little little fun fact with this guy. He threatened to, he messaged me. He threatened to do a draft of all safeties just to make me <laughs> upset. Thankfully, he didn't do that one. How uh, did Tristan Worse fall to number 20 in this so, draft? So here's the problem. We're not living in the real world here, Brent. Right? We got number 9, Jerry Judy. Number 20, Tristan Worse. I wish. Number 42, Raekwon Davis. Not mad at that one, actually. You know, this is a guy who, explosive, you can mold into, a, you know, maybe a legit three technique. Not mad at that. Jonathan Grenard coming to you at number 92. Obviously, there's some trades being made. You didn't disclose that. Minus points for you. Antonio Gibson, 157 at Memphis. Not bad. I don't know much about Darnay Holmes, a cornerback out of UCLA. Do you know much about I haven't seen that. So it, That'd be a third-round pick. Can you wait that long for corner? That's what I don't like on this one. You can, but not, but, but not for him, okay? Because... The, the ML I like of this Bryce guy, Hall better if you can get him down there. The, but. the MO of this guy is that he's a hard worker. Go ahead and look up his height, though, man. He's on the shorter side, like big time on the shorter side, struggles with man coverage, gets beat over the top, and I want a guy who's long, lanky, can press, not a guy who's going to specialize in quarter coverages, not a guy that could be a nickel going forward. We already got one of those because it's like that old song goes, we already have a nickel and we don't need another one because that's the song I always sing when people think it's a good idea to draft a nickel-type player. So hey, with that being... Yep. Thaddeus Moss gets drafted here, though. The last mock had it too, then we'll be uh, hanging out with Randy quite a bit. <laughs> Is, are they related? Yeah, it's his dad. Oh, for seriously? Yeah, yeah I have no idea. From, like the national championship game? I guess not, man. It must have crossed. <laughs> Dude, I'm so blown with those names I just had to announce the last mock draft. So, with truth being said, Raining Games did not address the cornerback situation fully. It's their biggest need, and you brought in a guy who's going to play nickel and possibly a cover three. So, with that being said, Shoe Season 15, Raining Games. What does Minshew hold? Oh, he's got a he's got a mask over his thing for. Um, Corona, COVID-19. Right? Yeah, COVID-19. Oh. Very Way creative. To be safe. Very creative, but not so creative on your mock draft because it sucks. Maybe we should get him a mask that says, your mock shocked. I like that. You've been shocked by the best, sir. Uh, I like that. Right. We have two more to go. We're going to take a break, though. Take, take a break. timeout. Can, can call a timeout, hey, man. I'm dying. Yeah. When we come back, our final two shock your mocks of the day, and uh, we get closer and closer to the draft. My conversation with Jordan Rogers, what he has to say about Gardner Minshew. You believe it or not, Jordan Rogers, the Bachelor Bachelorette winner, also was a Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback. That he was. For not a very long time. Yep. Uh, we talk about that as well. So I catch up with Jordan Rogers during the 5 o'clock hour. That and uh, much more to come, including the final two shock your mocks on ESPN 690.